And a couple of trunks. Trunks of We've never introduced like that before. No, we haven't. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Secret Level. I'm your host, Joey Parr. Welcome, welcome. This is the second part of our two-part episode of The Never-Ending Story, that wonderful beautiful, sad, depressing film that we all loved and made us cry when we were kids. Traumatized us. Still gets me to this day. And joining me is that guy who just talked. It is me once again. Billy. Yes. Fisher. Mm-hmm. Is here with us today. Again. Yes. And again. And again. And again. It's like I never leave. <laughs> you don't. I don't. I just sit here and wait for you. Also joining us, it's Drew Balls! Hey, guys, what's up? I'm back. back. Round two. Round two for the Never Ending Story. This is going to be the Never Ending Podcast. I don't know how long we're going to talk about this movie, but there's so much to talk about. We couldn't all fit it into one episode unless we wanted that episode to be over two hours long, which do people listen to podcasts that are over two hours long? Masochists. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe there are some masochists out there that would uh, yeah. listen to it. I, why not? Yeah. If, yeah if, hey, if they're listening one. to this show, why wouldn't they? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Why wouldn't they? I 100% agree with you. If, they, but if they're listening if you to this do, show, they're true yeah. citizens. Yeah. So but if they do we, stick around, oh, they're champs. That's what they are. Oh. Oh. They are. Oh. But before we jump into this, before we continue on our never-ending journey with the never-ending story, mm. Billy, yes, tell sir. us about something. Tell us something. Are we going to do niceties again? It's, it's, t- it's time for some niceties. Yes. And <gasps> so I don't know how you guys are, but I look at the Harry Potter series as like it's not something that you start and stop. It's something that you have to keep going. So I've been sucked into the Harry Potter audiobook vortex. So I'm just finishing so that you're up. you're binging. I am. I can't stop. Excellent. It's like – okay. Yeah, it's like Kill Bill. You can't watch Kill Bill 2. You have to watch Kill Bill 1 and then 2. Oh, I see. Oh, what you're, okay. yes, 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 yeah. yes. Yeah, you, you always... No, that, that, that does make sense. That does track. Yeah, you, it's one big story and you have to make it through. So that's just the way I look at it. It's been making me happy in, in this day and age. We need to find the joy in life. I agree. Fantastic. Yep. Yeah, what about you uh, there, Drubles? What have you been up to? Well, uh, quite a few things have been dropping lately, and I've been just trying to pick up the pieces. Um, 
Like a puzzle <laughs> where you put it together yeah, a puzzle kinda. did it fall on the floor and break and now you're just picking up It pieces? did because I lost my place of, of so many place, things I've been watching and I forgot what I was watching. Oh. So it's just been a jigsaw of like, oh, yeah, we were watching this. Oh. And so you you know dive back into that thing. Oh. Nice. What, what's it been? What's yeah. been – what have you been diving into? Uh, I've been on Apple TV and The Shrink Next Door – it's oh, fantastic. Paul yes. Rudd and Will Ferrell. Oh, I don't know if you guys gosh. have been watching that at I all. I just started it. Just started it. The first episode, like I'm caught up with it, but the first episode was brilliant. It was so well done. Like the use of, of space. Uh, there's a scene where he's like, they're walking down the sidewalk and Will Ferrell, uh, like Paul Rudd's in the center of frame and Will Ferrell has like been pushed off and he's against the buildings and stuff. They're in New York and all the obstacles and people, Will Ferrell is like, shifting and moving out of the way and you know he's like being little and then paul rudd is just taking up all the space he moves for nobody you know that's awesome and then there's yeah. another opposite scene where Farrell's in the center and rudd's on the end like he's been pushed off but if any obstacle obstacle comes up he like jumps ahead of Farrell and then moves to the side and it's just this great use of like showcasing their characters with space as opposed to like yeah i, I thought it was brilliant and then the, the the other thing I watched real quick, since you know I don't know why I'll be on your show again, and I gotta get this off my chest. Get it off your chest. Uh, Go for it. The re the remake of Cowboy Bebop. Have either of you watched oh. any of it? I have only have I you, have just started the first episode. I'm late to the game on this. I know. Me too. I I just uh, been super. Have you seen busy. the original anime? Yes. 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 Yep. Oh no, that's fine. So. There is so much potential there. Yeah, the uh -huh. first I'll, I'll tell you because I've watched the first <clears throat> episode so far, and it's sure, yeah, it's still building its momentum. And I'm like, okay, sure, I get, I, I'm digging it, but they <laughs> really need to like get the ball rolling. Yeah, and for me, it's you get that same buildup without the payoff. Basically, you're like. You're uh. like you're, you're so close. You got the you know you got the sets. You yeah. got the 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 atmosphere is yeah, pretty decent. They nailed but you're all just, of that they're stuff. They're missing some beats with everything, and the visual effects all of a sudden. Sometimes they're great. Other times they're like, I feel like a YouTuber did this visual effect, you so know, and, and not a good in, one. How far along are you in the series? I'm more than halfway through, and I'm just like, not terribly impressed and i was uh, rooting for it because yeah. i love adaptations well, i love reboots plus the trailers, i have no problem the trailers look great uh they released yeah. that short they were really that fun stylistic short yes. film that like oh man yes. is the series I gonna be that. like this because that's that awesome so good. yeah yeah but then it yeah. wasn't like that <laughs> it wasn't it was like <laughs> you guys aren't really giving it, me much it, hope at the moment I, I, I know, and, and, and one of my pet peeves with a lot of animes, and Cowboy Bebop was the exception, was sort of the, the uh, um, one of my big issues with a lot of animes is the fact that they are not subtle. They kind of lack nuance. Yeah. It just sort of the character just says what they're feeling, right? Yeah. They don't have any subtext. Sure. Cowboy Bebop, that anime actually was subtle, and they didn't spell everything else for you, so you actually had to watch it to appreciate everything that was going sure. on, right? Uh -huh. This show did not take that over, and sometimes they will straight up say what they're thinking and feeling, and yeah. you're like, what yeah. the hell? Come on, guys. I, like, I noticed some of that for sure. I know, John Cho, I know you're a better actor than this. But man... <laughs> 
that's kind of <laughs> discouraging because I was looking forward to getting into the other episode. So the fact that you're halfway through it and you're feeling, yeah. you're still feeling how I'm feeling right now about it. Yes. That's not uh, good, it, but no. I'll get no. through it. I'll get through it. I'll watch all of I hope so. Yeah. See like, how it le- turns Legitimately out, was super excited for it. And I, I wanted to see it succeed. And it's just, it's not quite there. It's, it's, there's some good stuff. Yeah. But it's, Mm-hmm. Not quite there. Okay. For me. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what is a good show? What's that? that you what is both a good show, need Joey? to watch. Okay. Since while we're on the topic of like shows and stuff, have you yeah. watched that uh, League of Legends animated series, Arcane? I have. Okay. This show is off the charts amazing. Like, it blew yeah. my mind. Story, strong, solid, character development, top-notch character development and storytelling and how all the characters connect and the way the story Mm -hmm. flows. And then you've just got this amazing animation style that is completely unique. Yes. I just love. Oh, it is so good. Everything has weight and Mm -hmm. it's not cheap animation and there are these fight sequences that happen in this thing that just blow my mind because they're so well done yeah everything about this series like it is probably (laughs) one of my favorite things that has come out it's one of my favorites it it is pretty spectacular i i admit i got into league you know, uh, a little bit. Like, I kind of dipped my toes in it, and I was like, this is fun, but it wasn't really my thing. I never played but League I, of Legends. Okay, I've, yeah. I've never even played it. So I came oh, into wow. this completely okay. blind, knowing very little. I knew that there were two sisters, uh, sure. Vi yeah. and Jinx. Vi, and, Vi and, and Jinx, yeah. Who end up kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum in the story. Yes. And they do it so well. Oh, it is. And it's filled with emotion, too. I yeah. was shocked. I was not expecting this at all from yeah. the show. And, and now we're building it up so much that Billy's going to go watch it. And I hope it lives up like, to the what? expectations. But it is amazing. What are you and guys talking about? If any of you, <laughs> okay, so here's, here's haven't the thing. watched the show yet, you need to watch uh-huh. it. I like plead for you to watch it because it's so good. I, I agree so, with him, Billy. Yeah, you do. Well, here's the deal. Here's the deal. How is it compared to Demon Slayer? Because to me right now, Demon Slayer it's a was... completely It's a completely different bond. No, I, mean, I just mean with I've never the emotional it, so. bonding... <laughs> Oh no! I'll, I'll tell you what. I love Demon Slayer. I love the movie. Yes. I love all that stuff. But for me, if I were to pick one that I had to live with, mm-hmm. for if I was stuck on an island and they were like, "Are you going to pick Demon Slayer or Arcane?" I'm going to be like Arcane all the way, no question, hands down. Interesting. Whoa. Oh. Whoa. Wow. I mean, okay. I would have been in the same boat, but that's because I never seen Demon Slayer. Yeah. Also, why am I in the same boat as you uh, going towards a deserted island? That Because that's what makes me happy. What's this setup? What's this business? Well, we were on that cruise, and it sank. Right. Oh, that's right. That's right. And everyone died because of that one crazy guy that locked everyone yeah. in the hole. And kept luckily, telling them, pick Arcane or Demon Slayer. Luckily, we got away. Well, yeah. And, yeah. and we are only able to download one series. Yeah. And we're like, oh, you gotta use the internet before it's gone. 
download right. a, a season <laughs> from Netflix. But yes. And that's all we got. If, if, if any yeah. of you have not watched Arcane yet on Netflix, uh, put that at the top of your list because you will not be disappointed. I, I guess do, I'm going to have to I go check that out that. Yes. right now. I'm actually watching it again right now with my daughter. And oh, she's, wow. she is just loving it. Hmm. I, I yeah. So, oh, Billy burped. All right. Uh, f- ah. First time. So, first time I ever. can smell it from here. Let's jump into yes. some never-ending story goodness, shall we? Burps and everything. <laughs> here we go. Burps and all. So Hathaway yeah. had some words to say about this experience that he went through. He say he says. <laughs> He says, I feel like I sent people to therapy over that scene with our text. The horse they used was really wonderful. They spent a couple days teaching her to be okay with being up to her neck with water. And then he explains, so the way they did that scene was that they had this little elevator under the water that slowly dropped the horse lower and lower. When it got to its chin area, we cut the scene. That one scene took over two and a half weeks to shoot. Holy crap. Whoa. In regards to the rumor, the real horse never really died. So don't worry. The horse (laughs) had a long life and lived. They were more careful with that horse than they were with me. I got hurt (laughs) a hell of a lot more. The horse was definitely looked after well. He says, I broke my back working on the movie and was in the hospital in traction for like a month before we started filming. We had, yeah, we had a horse that we were training to fall on me while we were working with the horses maybe a couple of weeks before shooting. Oh, wow. So while they were training this horse, the horse was apparently supposed to jump a fence while Noah was riding on it, and it missed the fence, and the horse fell on top of him, and he even got trampled while the horse was, like, getting back up. This resulted in spinal fractures that led to titanium screws and a two-month hospital stay. He went on to say, on one end, it's some of the most wonderful parts of my life, shooting the movie, and in another aspect, it is the worst parts of my life. (laughs) No kidding. And that wasn't even the end of it. Wait, that was... (laughs) <laughs> so he gets his back broken riding a horse. He almost drowns getting pulled under the water when the you know the elevator takes him too far down. Yeah. Right. Then he almost loses an eye and is crushed by a robot. <laughs> Wait. So what Gamork, robot? <laughs> Gamork, the giant wolf. The the wolf? Yep. When the oh wolf, gosh, really? that scene where he's jumping at him is the real yeah. robot okay. of Gamork. Look, that's... Really? Yeah. I thought that was yes. like a guy in a suit. So that no. scene is, is, is funny on so many levels because when I watched it, it looks like they shot Gamork out of a freaking cannon out of it that does. cave. <laughs> <laughs> he just shoots at, at uh, the trail and just like obviously pummeled him. Almost, <laughs> yeah, killing uh, him. Yep, right. But like it, like lands on him. One of the claws, 
like inserts into his face just below his eye, almost taking his eye out. Ooh. And essentially crushes him because it lands on top of him. Yeah, this is 1980s animatronics, not this like carbon fiber frames and stuff. You this know? was also a 1980s <laughs> filmmaking technique. Yeah, so in it was essentially a Volkswagen in, covered in fur. In Germany. Yeah. <laughs> so, but man, that kid, and he did most of his own scenes, so that kid was tough as nails. He man. did all I'm, of it. He, yeah, he did most of his own su- stunts for the film. That's crazy. He's like, he was the kid Tom Cruise, except Tom Cruise never <laughs> got so hurt. On any of his stunts, <laughs> as much as this kid did, right? But it's crazy because oh, at this day and age, there'd be so many lawsuits happening so many. all over the place, like child endangerment. Oh my goodness! Look at all the oh, child yeah, endangerment, 100%. dude. This kid—it almost took his life three times. It's crazy. <laughs> oh jeez. Yep. And... Were his parents not there or something? Who knows? That's a good question. <laughs> that is a great question. Jeez. They're just they're just like counting the money but, he's making from the movie. They're like, yeah, no, you're doing great, kid. <laughs> He'll be fine. Actually, actually, <laughs> there is a bit on his on his family. Hold on, let me find that real quick. Oh, oh, well, look at you, Captain Research. <laughs> First of all, before I get in that, according to the director. Noah had this attitude on set, and apparently he was a pretty unlikable kid. So maybe <laughs> karma? I don't know. The director didn't care for him, though. Oh, no. He was, he was more concerned about the horse. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Well, well here's, here's, what he's, here's what Peterson said. He said, the character of Bastion was so different from Atreo, which was the whole idea. He was more of a nerdy right. character, and the other was the hero. The back and forth between them in the film were quite nice. The, as kids and as actors, the two were just very different from one another. Barrett Oliver, who played Bastion, was always mm-hmm. hanging around, holding my hand. He was so sweet. It was almost like I was his father. He was so no. nice, warm, loving. And when talking about Noah Hathaway, he said he had this attitude from the very beginning. He was a trail. He walked his own path. He had his own style, and and that was good. Not like I not not that I liked <laughs> it that much because it was so much easier to work with Barrett. But on the other hand, it was right for the part. He held his head up high, and he was a hero. Now, when talking about his parents, apparently his parents were almost trying to blackmail the production at times. So, yeah, Peterson said, (laughs) I didn't care so much that he had an attitude, but it was an attitude that you could tell was put there by his parents. They were making so many demands and were essentially trying to blackmail the production. Hmm. The crazy thing is, and what they, if they wanted to blackmail the production and, and have all the money in the world, they could have just sued everyone for almost <laughs> killing their son three times. Three times. <laughs> huh. Honestly, I mean, I could see it from the point of view of the director, but I also wonder if they themselves were like, you almost killed our son. Like, we want safety and, and stuff like that around here. And he's just like, ah, you guys are being overbearing. 
Stop blackmailing me. <laughs> yeah, true yeah. though. You're right. They they might have been like that. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I guess he figured he lived, so it was okay. Filmmaking was such a different world back then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean I, he is he is a German filmmaker. Maybe he was just very practical. It's like he's still alive. We, we continue <laughs> with the making of the movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Now, did yep. you know this? I had no idea about this. And it comes from Noah Hathaway. But it's it's hard for me to believe, but maybe it's true. I mean, Hathaway said this at Dragon Con back in 2010. He said okay. they virtually, he said that virtually none of his recorded dialogue was used in the film. Instead, they hired a different actor to dub all of his lines. Really? Yeah. That makes sense, though, because if you watch it, it says, there, are certain, there are certain times that his mouth doesn't match what he's saying, like how he's saying it. Yeah, he says, they, he says Hathaway's voice is actually rather high and has no accent. <laughs> so the voice of Atreo... Is this whole other actor? Huh. Which Do is we know who that was? I tried looking it was up. Was it Ralph IMDb. Macchio? It probably was. <laughs> did no did IMDb you find has nothing anything? on it. Nope. Nope. There's no there are some guys they say are voice actors, so it could possibly be those guys. Okay. Um like un uh, unaccredited voice people. So it could be any of them. <laughs> That's fascinating. Hmm. Yeah, that is fascinating. Okay, poor guy. Well, you know, just he's going and he's watching. He's like, "Do I sound like that?" <laughs> that would be so weird, though, to shoot uh, a movie like this. Be technically the lead star, right? Yeah, and have all of your dialogue dubbed. That's just weird. Yeah, I. So I'm curious. Because I know, uh -huh. like, they, they went through a whole casting process yeah. to, to find a Treyu. But did they go through that for Bastion? Because I don't know about you, but I connected with Bastion over a Treyu. Oh, me too. Like, is that how you felt yeah. the, when you watched the movie as a kid? For sure. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, because, I mean, we were, like, cutting away from Bastion to a Treyu. So, like, for me, that disconnect kind of made it so, sort of like, well, we're not really following a Treyu until you get more into the movie and you realize that, you know, the connection and stuff. Yeah, and so actually there's not a lot of information on Barrett Oliver, the the kid who played Bashan. Like there's I yeah. I, I couldn't find much regarding his process of, of getting the role in the movie. And he had a very brief career in acting. After this he starred in Daryl. And yep. and cocoon and cocoon, and mm -hmm. then he just stopped acting altogether. Uh, that was it. He was Still, in Frankenweenie. He was in Frankenweenie. He was Victor. He was Victor Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that was the last movie he did before he ended up st stopped acting. He did. The last thing he did was scenes from the class struggle in Beverly Hills. I don't that know. That was 1989. Mm. Yeah, no, that exactly. That sounds like yeah, a made-for-TV movie. 
It does sound like a made-for-TV movie. <laughs> but it's rated R and has Wallace Shawn in it, so. Oh, I can get behind it then. Yeah. Anything with Wallace Shawn in it is okay in my book. I do have a bit of trivia about Barrett Oliver, though. Go, Where go. he is currently. Bring it. He it. is a very low-key photographer. He's also a very particular kind of photographer. He does tintype, you know, the one that puts it, like, on glass and stuff. Really? Like, he, that's what he does now. He is a photographer, like, but with, like, really, you know, like, I, out there I, niche stuff. Yeah, and I did see a photo of him, like, a more yeah. of a recent photo, and he's got, like, yeah. a Moses beard and everything. Yeah, I, 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 I hate to say it, but he kind of looks like Marilyn Manson, you know. <laughs> Charles Manson, excuse me, not Marilyn Manson. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, there's a big difference between those two. And I, and I was thinking, oh, did he go, like, full Unabomber? But no, he's just, like, he's just doing his own creative thing, you know. Yeah, it's <laughs> cool. I think though. he even took, like, uh, like a portrait of, like, President Obama back in the day and wow. stuff. So, but like, I, crazy. Know, yeah. I like the films that he starred in back in the day. Like, totally. Daryl is another favorite of mine. Like I love right. that, that one's movie. a fun one, yeah. And so it it's interesting, but you know when you get out of when if, if acting isn't your thing anymore and you want to go on a separate journey, then then take that road, which he did. Yeah, exactly. Just wasn't for him and anymore. Good for obviously. him. Yeah. As far as uh, Tammy Stranach goes, oh yes, that ah uh, yes, the, the childlike empress, the childlike empress. Yeah, she was. Uh, She's my first uh, on-screen crush, got to say. Hell yeah. yeah. Oh, my All... gosh. <laughs> yep. Man, like, I remember, and it's still, like, embedded in my mind like a 10-year-old kid watching this movie, <laughs> and she pops up on screen for the first time, and I'm just instantly in love. Yep. It's Dude. Yeah, it's so weird being <laughs> as old as I am now and watching the movie and have my mind revert back to that ten-year-old self of how I was feeling when I first saw her for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yep. I mean, not to not to to make you guys feel old, but this movie came out the the year before I was born. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> we, were, we were we were five. Yeah. I was, um, yeah, so I saw this like in home, a home video and stuff like that, right? Yeah. And I do have very vivid memories of watching it, but because of the wolf monster, you know, Gamorch or whatever, mm-hmm. I don't think I ever saw the movie fully <laughs> because I would get too scared at those parts and I would, you know, find the courage to come back and try to finish the movie with my brothers, you know, and they'd yeah. all tease me about it. But I do remember that movie and it was just all over. So it was like a patchwork of imagery of this, mm-hmm. you know, wild adventure that this kid was going on. And it was like, you know, Bastion was here and then Atreya was here. And so that through line, I didn't appreciate it until later in my life when I finally sat down and watched it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's why. He- he was doing that with the with the <laughs> turtle and the you know. <laughs> it it was like the the whole movie is just filled with fantastic imagery, like yeah. from beginning to end. And the childlike empress Tammy uh, Stronach or Stronach, 
Yeah, man. Strong at you. Yeah, strong at Like it was like she wasn't real when I watch it. No, like, even even now when I watch it, it's I like like I say, my mind reverts back to when I first saw it. That young impressionable memory I have of her, and mm-hmm. she was just like the most beautiful thing I had ever seen in my life at that point in my life. Like <laughs> freak, man. Oh, yeah, I, I, like like I do remember seeing her and going, who who is this? What is going on with this? And you know the way she was lit and shot, like smeared Vaseline over the lens. It's like she's she's a little she's a little angel. Yeah, and then you have that last scene, you know where where she's like pleading for Bastion, say oh, my yes. name. Like yes, even now I still like. It emotionally get, gets me. Like, yep, my, yeah, my hundred percent. My heart swells with the emotion when that happens. She's such a great actress. She was eleven years old at the time when she shot this, but she it turned. She seemed like she was well <laughs> beyond those years. Like she was way older than eleven, and she was acting like it. Like, yeah, it she was just, an old soul. She, yeah, <laughs> for sure. It blew me. It it blows me away seeing it now how well of an actress she was back then mm-hmm. yeah and then sure. after this movie she ended up going into dance after this and didn't star in any movies until like what 20 over 25 years after she made this one she's like oh, i'm gonna get back in the acting oh. yeah wow and also before hmm. she started filming this movie and this she lost her two front teeth before she started filming this movie, she uh, mind you, she's eleven. She's losing her teeth. Jeez! Oh, and so she wore fake teeth, and that caused a slight lisp in the oh. film. If you notice, there's a slight lisp, and it's because of the fake teeth she had to wear. Huh? That's thin. <laughs> oh man! But man, when Save she's me. when she's pleading first. Bastion, though, to say her name. What a oh, wonderful, sure. wonderful scene. It was a great scene. Oh. That, no, this this movie did a great job of building tension. Um, and so I think much. especially affecting kids because it's a child. It's a you know little boy who has to like stand up and face his fears and say, okay, I'm going to take charge of my life, you know? Yeah, because he's like, okay, I'll do it. I'll say your name. That's right. Speaking of the name that he yells Uh out, Mm. forever. My whole childhood was like, what did he say? What did he (laughs) say? He just yelled out to the thunder, lightning, and rain. And all I heard as a kid was, (laughs) I mean, that sounds perfect. Her name yeah, is Manaya. That's what he said, right? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but as probably a lot of listeners know, as you know, uh, mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. we know her. The name he yelled was Moonchild, which I assume was the name of his mom. Yeah, in the book, it's the name of sure. his mom. Yeah, she's yeah. from the sixties. Yeah, so it makes yeah. sense. <laughs> so wait, no, are you being serious? That was the name of his mom. Yep. Yeah, that's the name Absolutely. that he yells out. How are end. we supposed to know that? It, it's in the book, but you didn't translate that. To, you just randomly picks a name. But it's right. it's funny, though, because when you watch the movie, 
now and you listen to him scream out the window, you can mm-hmm. hear him yell, Moonchild! <laughs> right. <laughs> but I don't no, know. Yeah, I, yeah. It kind of ruined the fantasy for me because... Mm-hmm. When you found out the name. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was such an... like. He loved his mom so much. He lost her. She was such a like a mythical creature in his life at that point. Right. We didn't need to know the name. Yeah. That was for him. But it also was a sweet moment for him to be like, I'm going to honor my mom right now because she had the most beautiful name in the world, and I want to give that name to the most beautiful childlike princess in the world. Right. Empress. 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 <laughs> yep. But what I mean, I yeah. Say? Princess. Princess. Oh, Empress, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's... Yeah, no, I, I mean, I like it both ways. I like knowing, but I kind of liked it also not knowing because it, it it added to the mystique of his mom, like somebody he wasn't allowed to talk that. about. Yeah. yeah, I can't too, but I can also appreciate the fact that he would use her name. But at yeah. the same oh, yeah, time... Totally. We never need the, we never needed to know it was Moonchild. We just needed well, to know well, it was not not that we never needed to know. My opinion is you didn't give us clues that that was. We didn't get the sure. rosebud at the beginning of the movie. Yes, right. you know exactly exactly. Like you could have had Moonchild just on a plaque somewhere, somewhere and we wouldn't have associated that with a name, an actual real person's name. Right. But then to get some sort of explanation as to why Moonchild, he could have been like, it was my mom's name. You know, like telling that to the childlike empress. Yeah. I would have appreciated that. Then it would have been like, oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> I like it. When talking about yeah. the... But, yeah, whatever. When talking about casting <laughs> Stronach, Peterson said, the empress meant so much to so many little girls because she was at the center of this universe created in the never-ending story. That's the whole world of Fantasia. Everyone comes from all over Fantasia to find a cure to save the sick empress. And she's up there on her throne, high up in the ivory tower. She's the queen of everything and the most powerful, but also vulnerable because she's so sick. I can imagine Mm. little girls saw her and were in awe that that was possible. Audience were so used to seeing men who are at the center of stories and they were the powerful ones, not little girls. So what a surprise it must have been for them. It was such an awesome, awesome thing to watch. It was so smart that Michael Ende created created this character, that he made this little girl an empress. She reigns, and she is the top. And if she's sick, the whole world is in trouble. Wow. That's, That's really intense. cool. Yeah. But the thing is, it- even as a little boy, <laughs> right, watching mm-hmm. this movie it was it was it was cool for me too like you know <laughs> sure, what i mean yeah it, Absolutely. it changes your worldview, man yeah totally and she was I, just I, so I, darn beautiful yeah. <laughs> it's telling that i know as a little boy i know i was thinking where's her dad and so for it to finally kind of dawn on me that, no, she is the top tier here, you know? It's like, uh-huh. oh, that it really, like I said, it was it's world uh, eye-opening 
to a new world of possibilities and you realize, oh, other people can do this stuff, you know? It's representation, right? <laughs> right. Yep. Yep. I mean, yeah, it was amazing. I, I actually really appreciate that that they went in that route. That Sure. Everybody was there to support. You know what I mean? It wasn't something unusual. Even today, it's still unusual when you have a, a strong female character. Like, people are still looking at it as a novel thing. But it's... Yeah. You know, it's been but trying to break through for novel. a while. <laughs> right. As for... Uh, but no, I agree. I, yeah. yeah, as for uh, Stronach's point of view of the whole thing, she said, Oh, yeah. I loved having Wolfgang as a director. He was so clear about what he wanted. And I love the fact that he treated us with so much respect. It was so wonderful to be around an adult that didn't underestimate children. In some ways, that's the heart of the stories. Bastion is underestimated by everyone, and he's capable of so much imagination and compassion. Somehow, at the heart of this film, there's this desire to validate children's experience in treating kids like they are smart. Capable beings is sort of philosophically in line with that. She went on to say, I remember this moment where Peterson took Barrett aside and said to him, listen, this is the moment where you're going to have to give her the name, which changes everything. And if you want to create your own name, you don't have to say Moonchild. Moonchild is her chosen name in the book and in the script. At the time, I didn't know there was going to be a big thunderclap and it was going to be muffled, so I didn't think much of it. (laughs) I remember Barrett really concentrating and thinking and deciding what he was going to say. It was such a sweet process. And then he goes to Wolfgang and says, I think Moonchild is right. So they decided to stick with that. Wow. So they gave, they gave that kid the option to be like, look, you can rename her if you want. It's, <laughs> it's like, got no, carte blanche. But it's like, well, to make it more personal to him, make it a more emotional yeah. scream. But, I mean, I like what he did. Oh, for sure. Same. It just means more that way. Because, <laughs> yeah, what if you went and said something stupid? You know? Chicken butt! <laughs> Abracadabra! <laughs> she can't have that name. No. It's like, I got it. We're fighting against nothing, so she's something! <laughs> yep, see? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, in regards, since you bring up the nothing, whenever we see the nothing, we see these rolling clouds, like, coming through the sky, and it gives, like, an indication of a presence, right? Yeah. And a lot of people, when you watch it, you're like, oh, man, look, the nothing's really coming in quick. (laughs) But according (laughs) to the filmmakers... Dude, I was so afraid of the nothing. The thing is, is those storm clouds are not the nothing. Those are just... They they explain that nothing is an invisible force that is just wrecking havoc on Fantasia. So all the clouds and stuff you see is just being caused by the nothing. (laughs) It's being caused by nothing? Come on, Joey. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I guess it works. That's that's like the the oncoming of the storm that's going to just wipe everything out. That's just... Totally, yeah. Yeah, but I yeah, no, it. like to to have like nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's not like, fun to watch. It just goes to a blank screen for a while. It's gonna yeah. get you. <laughs> it's like watching the happening. 
Oh. It's like, th- nothing's oh. happening. <laughs> oh. Did not like the happening at all. I can't okay. believe I spent money to go see that. I'm glad I didn't. A few other little tidbits. <laughs> a trail was originally supposed to be green in the movie. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Nah. Yeah. They, they were going to paint his skin green, but they opted not to because it just didn't work visually. <laughs> That looked ridiculous. At the time, <laughs> now you can do it all. You you can do it all day. They have oh yeah makeup and stuff. To well, you wouldn't even have to paint him green. You could just use that one like filter, basically. Yeah, or right. even and just make yourself or even just look. Yeah. Look what they do with Gamora in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Exactly. Films. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. Now it could work, but it'd still be a little oh, weird sure. seeing a green version of a trail. But yeah, that was the original. That it was. That would have been the fourth time he almost died from his skin not getting <laughs> yeah. enough oxygen. Like the Tin Man, yeah. he was. And really lead-based taint. To it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like lead bait. It's still fine. It's fine. <laughs> it, it works better this way because it. I don't know. It goes with my theory. It it continues on. This is all based in, in, Bastion's mind. So, he, sure. he would pick somebody that looks more like himself. Yeah. Just more hero esque. You know, being green, that, I mean. It's not easy being green. It's not easy being green. It's also not easy being cheesy. <laughs> Ooh, good point. Yep. <laughs> and the opening scene where the rock biter comes right in his tricycle. It's fantastic yeah. character, I always, by the way. Well, I, I never realized it was a tricycle until the HD version came out. I just thought he was pushing like one of those things that flattens people's lawns after you like aerate it or whatever. <laughs> like legitimately, I was like, okay. <laughs> like, I wish those three uh, had a like offshoot movie short oh, of their own. I love those guys, and I yeah, love that was the best part I of the movie spinoff. Of just yeah, those he, characters' journey. The Night Hob, the Rock Biter, the Racing <laughs> Snail. But, I'm so down. But, but what I was getting at is the Night Hob <laughs> says a profanity in that opening scene, but we don't hear it mm-hmm. because it's dubbed over by the grumble of the Rock Biter's little bike. <laughs> I couldn't find yeah. what, the, what profanity was the profanity was. I couldn't find what, what was it, it was. I. Just says that there was a I'm, profanity that is that is dubbed over, but I'd like I'm to sure know. Could... I'd like to know what the night hob was saying that was so vulgar at the time while they were camping. Right. And it's funny because these guys are all around the campfire and they're all like, looks like they're settling in for the night, right? Mm-hmm. When the yeah, rock biter exactly. comes, and then they get in the conversation with him and they start sharing their experiences and they find out that they're on the same journey to the ivory tower. And then all of a sudden, the 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 snail guy, what was mm-hmm. his name? Oh, dude, yes, uh, Deep Roy. Deep Roy. <laughs> yeah, he jumps up and he's like, "So what are we waiting for? Let's go!" <laughs> like you you guys are just getting ready to go to bed. It looks like, and now you're getting pumped up to get to the ivory tower. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's that's totally me though. I get so pumped. We're doing it now. <laughs> well, and it's funny. You know, that guy is the same guy that, that plays like uh, is in Willy Wonka or Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Tim Burton's oh, yeah. version. Deep Roy. Yeah, he, yeah he's, a really... he's in a lot. Yeah. It's, he's in the I latest even, versions of Star Trek. I didn't Trek. even realize that until mm-hmm. now. 
that didn't oh, realize really? that was yeah. him. Yeah, until I watched this last time, and then I started doing research. I'm like, oh my gosh, that is the same guy that does all these movies. I had mm-hmm. no idea. Yeah. Crazy. Nah, he's great. He's so young. Yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> so svelte, too. <laughs> Look at you. Good job, Deep Roy. Now, there were two scenes that were written in the script that ended up being cut out due to special effects limitations. Uh-huh. The first limitations. Oh yeah, limitations. It was the eighties. <laughs> Look, they're not limited, you know, when it comes to hurting their star actor. But I mean, the other things they got to cut out. Oh yeah, yeah. So the first was the initial appearance of Falcor, where Atreo mm. uh, rescues him from a swarm of poisonous wasps, taking okay. the form of a giant spider. <laughs> that would have been cool to see. I can see why they didn't do cool. it, but damn, the imagination is pretty awesome there, right? Yeah. Like, seeing that in my head, I love it. Uh, this is where hmm. Bastion's scream being heard by the characters of the book was to have originally taken place. Uh-huh. Oh. Yes, and it also explained why Atreo and Falcor are later seen being given medicine by the gnomes. Huh. Oh yeah, that seemed random. Yeah, you, you're like, <laughs> why? Are, what are they? How do they? Where do they get hurt here? Yeah, I mean they can yeah. write it off as he had to travel to the end of, you know, for so many Fantasia. miles something happened. Yeah, but now that makes so much more sense. Yes, the second cut scene involved Atreo and Falcor encountering the wind giants, giant creatures <laughs> made of clouds and being caught in a <laughs> fight between them. Wow. Whoa. Oh, okay. Another visual I would love to have seen. Right. Wow. Man. And you know they wouldn't have gone cheap on it because this whole thing, the special effects in this movie were outrageous. So, oh, man, that would have been cool. I think how they would yeah. even do that back then, like an I, attempt, you know. Cotton swaps, mm. man. There you go, yeah. <laughs> Stop motion cotton swaps. There we go. Or like how they did the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Yeah. But they had to... (laughs) They ended up re-editing all of that into their close encounter with the nothing before Atreo falls into the sea. You remember that part? Mm -hmm. So that's where that encounter would have taken place at that point of the movie. And I would have loved to see that. Sounds so cool. That sounds ambitious, sir. Yes. It does. It absolutely does. And I would have loved to have seen it. I would have loved to have seen the attempt at it because, like, Gmort, the wolf, looking at him as as an adult, I'm like, he looks ridiculous. (laughs) But, dude, as a kid, he was the scariest thing ever made. Scary. Yeah, Yeah, the wolf. Okay, so. He was so scary. The the big teeth and the big eyes. The eyes were piercing. Yes. They yeah. freaked me out when I was a kid. Like when they, hundred percent, when they would go wide and he'd look uh-huh. at a trail with those wide green eyes. You're just like, oh my yeah. gosh, that is just scary as shit. Absolutely, man. Absolutely gets me I, every time, dude. Just like, and when he's just like, <sighs> and those eyes just like look like they're about to pop out of his skull. Yeah, dude. It was, like, and, it was and it was just the eyes, like you didn't see the whole of them until later, and but. But those eyes, they just got me. Every time I saw them, I would run away. I would just run up the stairs because the TV was downstairs. <laughs> nice. Uh, let's kind of 
real quick, let's talk about like these creatures that were created for the film. So Falcor yes. is a yeah. 43 foot long motorized creature with 6,000 plastic scales and pink <laughs> feather fur. His head alone is three feet tall and long and has a long tongue in the mouth. It yeah, took a, I, I remember that tongue. Okay. It <laughs> took a team of 25 puppeteers to bring <laughs> Falcor to life. Each one operated an individual part of the body from his mouth to his legs. One person was responsible for Falcor's nose, one for his eyebrows, one for the upper lip, one for the lower lip. <laughs> and all the his dialogue nose. all the dialogue was pre-recorded right. and so they had to right. match all of that oh, while they man. were shooting, which proved when to I, be very difficult. When I <laughs> no. saw the movie, there is no way you could have convinced me that that wasn't a real animal. Yeah. Like Hundred percent. I was like, "That's real," and I need to find that. But, and you watch it now, like, it is like his nose when he talks. His, like, kind of when we talk, our nose shifts and moves. His does too. It's like the very minute details in that thing were amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's as close as you get to like amazing, like near perfect articulation with a puppet that size. Yeah. Like and they didn't even the other version of that. (laughs) Oh, I was just gonna say the other version of that was um, Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, and Frank Oz was like, "Hey, my pup, my Muppet crew, please come and you know make this happen for me." And that was spot on. Like that was incredible. But again, Audrey Two was fantastic. Yeah, they didn't even try to attempt to make him walk. (laughs) Mm -mm. (laughs) Thank goodness. So while a 25-person team was needed to bring Falco to life, there was only mm-hmm. one person that was required to bring the Rockbiter to life. So they did. Really? Yeah. It was a guy in a suit. It was a guy in a big suit. Really? Yeah. I legitimately thought that was like more of a Jabba the Hutt situation where it's like three guys operating them inside of the suit or something. That's what I thought. But that is not it's the case. It's a guy in a suit. There's a German documentary about the making of the film that reveals that Colin the Stuntman, and I quote, that's what they called him, Colin the Stuntman, would spend (laughs) up to two hours at a time in the enormous suit. Huh. Uh, Wow. When he was dehydrated, because he got dehydrated a lot in there, water was passed to him through openings in the suit. (laughs) Crazy. (laughs) Probably the mouth. (laughs) And wow. the, the puppet, so the suit he was wearing, or the puppet slash suit, whatever he was doing, it was later superimposed into the scene to make the rock biter appear larger than he really was. Huh. Oh, okay. So they shot him on his own and then threw him in there. I mean, it, it's beneficial that he was like such a slow talker, so he didn't need to worry about having like a, a quick rapport with the other characters necessarily. Yeah. Yeah, especially okay. since it's just the guy inside moving everything. Yeah, exactly. You can actually ride on Falcor. What the what? Yeah. Falcor. I mean, the actual yeah. Falcor, 
I mean, obviously he's been refurbished and looks nice and all that stuff. <laughs> he's uh, he's at the Bavaria Film Park in Munich, Germany. And you can go hop on Falcor's back and get a photo. Field trip. Well, that's just a luck. That's just a luck dragon flight away. We can do this. I believe in us. Munich, and Germany. Is it Munich or Munichs? Or Munich. Yeah, Munich. Munich. Ugh. And then Falcor, Rockbiter, and Gamork were all voiced by the same person. Crazy. Oh. Alan Oppenheimer. The guy who invented a nuclear bomb? Yep. Hmm. He's a very busy <laughs> his man. His name was his name is Alan Oppenheimer. He might have been related <laughs> to the guy who created the bomb. Who knows? It's possible. <laughs> nice. It really is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when talking about because you know how I told you that all the dialogue was pre recorded and they had to get the mouths to move with it and stuff. We talked about that Peterson right. remark. There was a tape running with dialogue. You can imagine how many rehearsals they needed just to get one word right. It was absolutely oh ridiculous, goodness. if you think about it, today. Yeah. But it gives these creatures the special something by doing it. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's that attention to detail that like you get with like animation even, you know, observing how it works and then adding... <laughs> It's that X factor that's like, this isn't realistic, but if I do this, it creates the illusion that it's realistic, that they're talking, you know? Yeah. Right. I mean, it's just one of the reasons why it's just always going to be a classic. And I don't know if... I'm sure there could be remakes of it. I'm sure there could be reboots of it, whatever you want to call it, but I don't think they will have the same mystique that the original has. No. And then you just have that theme song. Mm. That lovely, <laughs> lovely theme song. Love the song. Oh, I love mm. that song. And again, so that nice. was only included in the American version. They're the Germans out, missed, out on, missed a, out on a beautiful, beautiful song. They sure mm. did. That that song was created by Lamal? Lymal? Mm. Uh-huh. Sounds about right. I mean, it's probably one of the catchiest songs you will ever hear. Oh, it's so good. I've been singing it in my head the whole time we've been doing this podcast. If you stick to the end, you might get something special. Right. But, like, it's it's made such an impression on people that now it's made its way back with Stranger Things. Yeah, exactly. You know? Oh yeah, that was I mean, great to have that like whole like moment in that that season three and stuff. That was the best. Of I'm not gonna lie. Having... <laughs> yeah, it made me emotional. It kind of did, yeah. Because all of but us want to be able was... to sing that. I know it's yeah it's so good, but before we go, because I think we're gonna mm-hmm. wrap it up here real quick. Uh-huh. Or maybe not. Maybe we'll wrap it up real long. Who knows? It's uh, what we do. Back in 2009, Warner Brothers teamed up with the Kennedy Marshall Company and Leonardo DiCaprio's company where they planned to do another adaptation of the book that would have kind of been closer to the book and kind of dove more into those details uh-huh. that were left out oh. in this film. 
It never happened though. Fell apart, <laughs> which is fine. What I I thought I just missed it. They had yeah. <laughs> Thank you. They had problems securing the rights to it, which is why they didn't do it. But with the yeah. way things are now, personally, I would love mm-hmm. to see the book get a series adaptation. Sure. I would love to see this book told over the course of an eight to ten episode series. Absolutely. Yeah. A there's series so much would you could do. Amazing. All those things we talked about, all diving into certain characters and stuff like that that we love, like that would allow that to happen. It allowed it to breathe. And, yeah. and honestly, it sounds like that was what the author wanted. He's like, How, what do you mean we can't shove all this into two hours? And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that wouldn't have worked. But a series? Hell yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and you can do that now. Like now. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. It's possible. I, and, and with and Warner honestly, Brothers owning the, you know, with Warner Brothers having that mm-hmm. connection to it, uh, great series for HBO Max. Just throwing it out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look, I'm so excited for the Willow series to come out. Yes. yes. This would, if they made this into a series, it would make my life. Because these mm-hmm. are stories that I've loved since the moment they were introduced into my life. And luckily I've been able to give it to my kids. They're just as excited for the Willow series as I am. That's crazy. Yeah. But, but man, I mean, there was so much to talk about. So much to is, talk yeah. about. There is. And we got, you know, the Luck Dragon was on our side, and we got to have Drubles, <laughs> you know, help us out with this, which Joey and I could talk to Drew all day long. It's I true. mean, that's just something Aww. that we could do. And it, we're so excited that you could be our first guest. Yeah. I'm your first? You know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Lucky me. <laughs> We're going to have more, but we thought this was important. This is something that we've been trying to get in, you know, in motion with Drew for a while, and we're really thankful that we'll be mm-hmm. able to bring his podcast out to the world, something new and yes. fun to add to the Geek Tyrant brand, and we're really excited to be working with him again. Yeah, so keep a lookout for that. Mm-hmm. Again, everybody, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. It's been great. Obviously, we love this movie so much. Thank you again. Uh, always follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, at GT Secret Level. We post behind-the-scenes stuff for the films we talk about. We post videos. We post, we post photos. Uh, we share all kinds of stuff. So if you want to check out some of these things that we discuss, go there. Please, I promise I'm going to be better about pictures. Leave reviews. Please leave reviews. Five star. Five stars. Why not? I left a review. Sweet. Thanks, Drew. It's my face. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, jump on board. Invite your friends. Bring them along this movie nostalgia journey with us. And it only gets better, guys. Every episode, I feel like you've been getting better. Oh, thank goodness. (laughs) We're we're trying. Heck yeah. Yeah. So thank you again, and you'll hear from us again soon with our next episode. All right, thanks, guys. Goodbye. Oh, oh. Watch, I just stick around. Mm -hmm.
stick around. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, bye. All right, guys, let's belt right. this out real quick. So do you want to do all the verses, oh or do you just God. want to do the first oh, two? We're, we're doing. We're going to do them all, dude. Oh, my goodness. We're doing the whole song. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> Here we oh, go. You know I'm ready. I'm, I'm the worst singer in the world. This is going to be fantastic. <laughs> it's going to be the best. Yes. The best, Jerry. The best. And. Uh, okay, got to get the tone. Turn around. And look at what you see <laughs> in her face. her face. The mirror of your dreams. Make believe I'm everywhere. Give it a little Written on the pages is the answer to the And what you see will be will be rhymes that keep their secret will unfold behind the clouds. And there upon the rainbow is the answer to a never-ending story. I love that. <laughs> yes. If you stayed and yeah. listened to that, you win. you're the best. You're welcome. <laughs> You'll never hear anything better. Never. Never. And we're out.